0: This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Research on school vouchers, charter schools, and tax credit programs is undergoing a sea change. Not so long ago, every study of school choice looked at the effects of going to the school of your choice on the child's test scores. Scholars debated whether choice students were learning more or less or about the same as the students in nearby district schools. As this debate has raged on over many years, students have been going to schools of choice, and they've been getting older and older. And now we can find out whether or not they finished high school, went to college, graduated from college, found a good job. The whole way of measuring whether or not a voucher program is working, or a charter school is working, has altered. We now want to know what the long-term outcomes are. And today, we are discovering there are some other long-term outcomes we can look at. Corey DeAngelis, policy analyst at the Cato Institute, and Patrick Wolf, a professor at the University of Arkansas, have moved the research needle further. They have discovered that school vouchers reduce the chances of criminal arrest and the risk of a paternal lawsuit. I have Corey DeAngelis from the Cato Institute with me today on the Education Exchange. Corey, thank you for joining me.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm I'm glad that we were both in D.C. at the same time so I can come in, in person and talk with you. Well, Corey, first tell me about the
0: program that you and Pat Wolf studied. It's called the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program. It's a school voucher program. Exactly when did it begin? How does it work? How big is it?
1: Yeah, the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program is actually the longest-standing modern-day voucher program in the United States. It was launched and enacted around 1990, so it's been around for a few decades now. The only uh, voucher programs that have been around longer are the ones in Maine and, and Vermont, which are town tuitioning programs, not the same type of voucher program as we're talking about uh, here Uh, But the Milwaukee voucher program started really small, just to a few private schools, and now it's expanded uh, to a much larger program today. Uh, About one in every four public school students uh, use the Milwaukee voucher to attend a private school of choice.
0: Uh, How many private schools are participating in the program?
1: I'm not quite sure the particular number of schools that are participating in the program, but I I think it's about 70 to 80% of the private schools in the city participate in the program.
0: So it's a pretty substantial program. It's not just a boutique program. It's having a a substantial effect on the uh, schooling opportunities in Milwaukee.
1: Yes, exactly. It's uh, a very large program, and it's been around for a very long time.
0: Well, now there's been a lot of controversy over the voucher program in Milwaukee, and one of the controversies out there has been over whether the schools are any better than the public schools, uh, district-operated schools in Milwaukee. Uh, some studies found that the test scores didn't, were just about the same, whether or not they were in the choice program or whether they were in the district
1: schools is that right? Right. I believe the original longitudinal evaluation using the same uh, students that we looked at with, with our study found uh, either no effect or slight positive effects on math and reading test scores uh, for the longitudinal evaluation. And they also found that these students were about 3 to 4% more likely to graduate from high school.
0: So now in your study, basically, what's the bottom line? What What's the... What's the uh, summary finding that you uh, have uh, to report?
1: Yeah, the the main overall finding is that access to the voucher program in the baseline year of the evaluation, which was 8th or ninth grade, has resulted in reductions in criminal activity and also paternity disputes. In particular, our specific findings was a... That exposure to the program in 8th or ninth grade was associated with about a 52% reduction in drug-related crimes, an 86% reduction in uh, p- property damage-related crimes, and about a 40% reduction in paternity disputes by the time the kids were around 25 to 28 years old.
0: So you're, sort of, you're saying that participation in the program in their freshman year – how did, why did you choose that particular point to begin looking at this group of it, students?
1: That's that's what the uh, original evaluation looked at. It was the the baseline year of the study was in 2006, and the kids happened to be in eighth or ninth grade for the sample that was used. The, the match sample of the uh, Milwaukee Parental Choice Program students matched their traditional public school peers.
0: So it was everybody who entered that grade in that year, 2000. Six, six, did you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, in two thousand six, everybody who was entering into ninth grade and chose to go to use a voucher mm-hmm. is—that's who you're looking at.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we looked at those students matched to their traditional public school peers. In our particular sample of our study, there's about twenty-two hundred students overall, which is about you know eleven 1, hundred in the private school sector and eleven 1, hundred in the traditional public school sector.
0: And how do you match them?
1: based on student background characteristics, such as race, gender, baseline math, and reading test scores. Uh, We also match based on census tract, which is a type of geographic location which has been shown to be important for uh, quasi-experimental matching procedures to replicate experimental results. Uh, We also control for things like uh, uh, parent background uh, education levels, uh, their income levels, and then also whether the children grew up in a two-parent household.
0: Well, how did you get this additional information? Because mm-hmm. usually when people match, they match on the basis of administrative records made available mm-hmm. by the school system. Did you have some other way of getting information about the students?
1: Yes, and this was done with the original uh, evaluation of the program. The researchers, Patrick Wolf and his colleagues, uh, surveyed the, the, the a matched sample of students to get the background characteristics. Characteristics regarding the parents and their households to be able to control for those things.
0: So you have a pretty good match sample is what you're saying. You've got a lot of characteristics that you're matching students on. Mm-hmm. And um, now, did they have to stay in the voucher program through high school to stay in your sample? Or how do you do the, handle that situation?
1: Uh, we essentially just treat it as an intent-to-treat type of analysis. We just look at whether you were exposed to the program in 8th or ninth grade. And we don't count the number of years they were exposed to the program. We just look at exposure.
0: So if they dropped out three three months later, they're still in your analysis as a participant in the school choice program?
1: Uh, if they dropped out, we wouldn't be able to uh, – yeah, yeah. We, we would still have them in our sample of, of uh, uh, the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program sample.
0: So this is a pretty conservative analysis then because you would think that those who just entered for a few months – Probably wouldn't have any effects uh, or minimal effects.
1: Right, we agree. We, we argue that this is a, a lower bound estimate of the true effect, since we're treating it as an intent-to-treat type of analysis. Our previous analysis that looked at the same type of outcome uh, relied on a, an assumption that the kids were getting at least four years of the program.
0: So. Some people will say that, okay, you have a pretty good match here, but still there's something special about kids who do seek out vouchers. Their parents are much more concerned about their education. That's why they went and put their child into a a voucher program in the first place. And so therefore, really, you don't have a very fair comparison. How do you respond to that concern?
1: It's a pretty legitimate concern, but that's a concern that can be made about any study that's not random assignment that cannot control for unobservable characteristics of the students. Uh, My typical response to that is that if you look at the matched sample of students, um, if there is selection bias that exists, we can't tell which direction the selection bias exists. It could be that the students are more motivated, um, and that could be a positive selection into the program, but it could be that the students that have the worst public schools are the ones that are more motivated to get into the program. So that would be evidence of negative selection. And in fact, based on the characteristics that we have, we find that at baseline, the students that used the program had slightly higher reading scores and also more educated parents on average. But we also found that they had lower math scores at baseline and that their parents had lower income levels. So it's not really clear what direction the selection bias would be if, there, if any exists at all.
0: Okay, so now how large are these effects? I think you mentioned them at the outset, Mm -hmm. but how would you characterize the, are these things that really are making a big difference or is this a a pretty modest
1: effect? These effects are actually pretty large, especially when you look at the effects on the other types of outcomes, such as um, math and reading test scores and college uh, enrollment and high school graduation. Uh, For example, the high school graduation effect was only around three to 4% of an increase whereas these reductions are depending on the outcome between 40 and 80% of a reduction
0: but of course the, the percentage of students who engage in criminal activity and are arrested is pretty small what mm-hmm. what is that percentage in let's say the drug arrests
1: in our original study i remember that the felony arrests were about 4 or 5% of the sample uh, it's a little different in this analysis because we looked at counts of the different types of criminal activity rather than just a binary yes or no. So it's hard to say how many people were involved with, with these types of, of criminal convictions, uh, but I, I, I think it's, it is a pretty small um, amount of the sample that that actually engages in this type of behavior.
0: So it's less than 10% of the sample that is is Mm -hmm. being affected by this or Mm -hmm. they so the reductions of 50% or near 50% are like reducing it from 6 to 3% or something in that that range. Yeah yeah,
1: that's correct. But that's still Mm -hmm. a big deal right? Yeah it's still a big relative difference even if it's not affecting a ton of students but you know not being involved with the criminal justice system has huge effects for those individual students later on in life.
0: Well, I remember reading uh, the Job Corps studies way back when, when people were saying, is, was the Job Corps effective? This was the poverty program that uh, took kids into a special program, and they lived uh, off camp, uh, on a site away from their regular home for a couple years in uh, late adolescence, maybe they were 19 years of age or something like that. And the question was, well, did it make any difference? And Job Corps study people said, yes, it did. They were much less less likely to spend time in jail. And uh, that was the biggest effect that they got out of the Job Corps program. So your study is not altogether different from theirs, except you didn't have to take people away for a year. They could still right. live in their own neighborhood. Um, so, um, well, okay, so I want to ask you a little bit about um, – is this a Catholic school effect? I know mm-hmm. there are a lot of Catholic schools in Milwaukee and you think you could generalize this beyond the Catholic schools or is this, you know, is this just sort of uh, one of the virtues of going to a Catholic school?
1: Yeah, it has been found in other descriptive studies that Catholic schools are more likely to participate in voucher programs than non-Catholic schools. So it, we could theorize that it could be largely driven by a Catholic school effect. But in our particular study, in its current form, we have not done subgroup analyses for types of schools. We've just done subgroup heterogeneous effects uh, analyses for different types of students. Um, but the, the theory is actually pretty strong that, you know, private schools can be religious whereas public schools cannot. And if students think that they're going to be in trouble from their teacher for doing engaging in risky behaviors, they might be less likely to do those things, but they might even be less likely to do those things if they think their teachers going to get them in trouble and they think that a higher power is going to get them in trouble as well. So that could be part of the effect. Uh, other theories that we put forward is the obvious competitive pressures argument that it could be that private schools face stronger competitive pressures, so they have to have higher quality levels. Included in a school's quality is its ability to shape character skills. So it could be that the private schools of choice in Milwaukee are more likely to um, to shape character skills because families value those things
0: you said that you did look at some heterogeneous effects mm-hmm. and and what ones are the ones that you did look at
1: well we didn't do a ton of them but we did look at we looked at effects through uh, based on gender and then also based on initial math and reading test scores well the
0: gender thing makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because we know that, men are more likely to get in trouble with the law than women are so what were the impacts on boys as distinct from girls
1: right those overall effects that I quoted earlier you know the 50 to 80 percent reduction in different types of crimes were uh, almost entirely driven by the male sample Uh, same effect sizes as the overall sample so we can kind of find that those were driven by the males but then we also found that paternity disputes were equally driven by males and females which makes sense to us because a paternity dispute uh, requires a male and a female to be um, uh, to, to be involved in the paternity dispute. So we found equal effect sizes for males and females there. Uh, for initial Now,
0: what's the percentage of the population that does get involved in a paternity suit?
1: I don't remind, remember the actual percentage, but it was larger than things like felonies and misdemeanors.
0: So probably a higher share of this population mm-hmm. is... Going to be affected by the impact of the voucher in this domain?
1: I think it was about maybe 10 to 15 percent, but I'm not entirely sure. I remember the percentage point reduction was about a, or a, it was about a five, uh, a 0.5 reduction in paternity disputes.
0: So how do you interpret the mechanisms? I know you're going a little bit beyond your data here, but <laughs> how do you interpret why is this happening? Are, is it because the voucher students are going on to college or they're mm-hmm. finishing high school and less likely to get in trouble with the law or mm-hmm. get involved in uh, uh, relationships that are going to go mm-hmm. sour? Well, how, how do you interpret uh
1: yeah, it could be partially because the, the students were found to be more likely to graduate from high school and enroll in, in college. That could be part of the result. Uh, but because the results are, were so small for increases in, tr- in college in, uh, enrollment and high school graduation, I think it could be other mechanisms as well. Uh, I put forth, forth the theory earlier that it could be some type of Catholic school effect. It could be from religion. It could also be from competitive pressures of these schools. Uh, But it could also be something like peer effects. It could be that uh, students are just relocating to new schools that have different peers that are less likely to incentivize risky behavior, and they may be more likely to look down on risky behaviors. Uh, There have been other descriptive studies that have found that private schools are less likely to have gang activities and possessions of weapons at school. So it could be that they're just relocating to better environments as well.
0: So, are there other studies that have found something similar to, or is this a path-breaking study in the sense that nobody's ever explored this terrain before?
1: It is the first study to link a private school choice program to paternity suits, uh, but it is the second study of a private school choice program to link uh, a private school choice program to. Uh, criminal activity. The first study was done also by Patrick Wolf and I on the same sample of students. We essentially updated that study here with much more data and better outcome variables. Um, In the charter school sector, there have been uh, a couple of random assignment studies, one by David Deming, um, published in QJE. And another one by Dr. What what, 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 what,
0: what what journal is this? A Quarterly Journal of <laughs> Economics. Okay, so the Quarterly Journal of Economics and has published this piece on, on which school?
1: Um, he, he looked at schools in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County and found that winning a lottery to attend a charter school had about a 50% or more reduction in criminal activity for a high-risk group of male students. And then one other experimental study was done by Dobby and Fryer, uh, also, uh, published in 2011, I think, um, and they found that the charter schools in the Harlem Children's Zone reduced uh, criminal activity for male students by 100 percent, completely eliminated the likelihood that you'd be incarcerated. It was a 100 percent reduction. Um, but they also found that female students had a 59 percent lower likelihood uh, or they were fifty-nine percent less likely to become pregnant as teenagers, so that's one of the, that's one of the only other ones that looks at something like paternity disputes or teenage pregnancies.
0: So, I my guess is there's going to be a lot more people that are going to go into this domain because these kinds of data are generally available, are they not? Aren't they uh, uh, up on mm-hmm. state? Websites and so forth, or is this harder to get than They're I much, think? They're
1: much, much more difficult to get. I think we're pretty lucky in Wisconsin. All you really needed was first name, last name, and date of birth, and you can look up uh, criminal records for pretty much anyone fairly easily. Or not anyone. You have to be an adult to look up their criminal records, but it's fairly easy to look it up in the Wisconsin Court Circuit Access website. Uh, but I've looked at other, you know, uh, states to see if we could replicate the the study elsewhere, and it looks like it's much more difficult to get those records. Uh, like in Texas, for example, you have to pay uh, for each individual uh, that you're looking up. So it could require a lot of resources to um, to do that in other states. You're finding
0: some positive effects on the Milwaukee Voucher Program. Other people have said the program doesn't make much difference. The program remains very unpopular mm-hmm. In Wisconsin, with the uh, Democratic legislature, uh, what's his future? How do you how do you see the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program?
1: Yeah, well, it's been a lo- around for a long time. It's been steadily increasing in size over the last, you know, three decades. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Uh, but the new governor uh, Evers is uh, openly against the program. But I think their state legislature is still uh, red, so they, he might have trouble. Um, getting rid of the program. I think he's talked about, you know, reducing the size of the growth of the program or just reducing the size of the program in general, but I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I do know that the program is highly regulated right now, uh, and I don't see that changing anytime soon either.
0: So what have we missed? What is the part of the study that I didn't inquire about that you think is also important to emphasize?
1: Uh, We found that lower achieving students at baseline, whether math or reading test scores, um, if you were below the 50th percentile on achievement at baseline, you had larger uh, reductions in paternity suits. Um, and that could be because students that are the least advantaged um, need more of those character skill developments that, that can be found in private schools. And uh, as we know, students with, uh, that are least advantaged are more likely to uh, engage in risky behaviors that lead to unplanned pregnancies. Um, So that effect was, uh, I think, twice as large uh, as the effect for the overall sample.
0: Well, that's interesting because I found that the effects on going on to college and getting a degree were greater for those students who came from families that were better educated, had more income than the extremely poor. But you're finding the opposite uh, direction in the sense that you know, the students that coming in with the least resources are getting the most benefits from the program.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, watching your presentation in Lisbon, Portugal, on this very topic. We did find something s- fairly similar in this analysis as well, whereas the higher-achieving students at baseline, above the 50th percentile, were more likely to experience benefits re- regarding uh, reductions in fines for, for different types of crimes. And our theory there is that the fines are largely driven by traffic-related crimes or or traffic uh, citations. And if you're a higher-achieving student at baseline, you should be more likely to possess a car. If you're more likely to have a car, you're more likely to get traffic citations. So we think that's part of the reason uh, why we're finding bigger effects for reductions in traffic citations and fines for the more advantaged students.
0: Well, Corey, congratulations on a path-breaking analysis, the first analysis to really dig deep into the question of the effect of voucher programs on criminal activity and the relationships between men and women in early adulthood. So thank you very much for joining me on the Education Exchange.
1: Thanks so much, Paul. Great to talk to you.
0: I have been speaking with Corey DeAngelis, policy analyst at the Cato Institute, I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me for a new Education Exchange podcast released on the Education Next website every Monday at noon Eastern Time.